Let y'all know how lazy I am, too. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good wherever you are, and welcome to another episode of the Levicity Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Yo, I'm, I'm all for automation. Right? Right. I got tired of saying it, trying to figure out what it's going to be before the music, after. I was like, you know what? Let me just throw it there. <laughs> so you just press a button. <laughs> oh, man. Hope you all have it an amazing day. Oh, Today, uh, we got Daryl and Darwin for another wonderful episode. You're here. Uh, how, was your, how was your week? Mm, uh, brutal. <clears throat> brutal as always. All right. New York lifestyle. Yep. Brutal. Yep. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> you made it sound like you're on a war or something. <laughs> It's the village was attacked again. <laughs> Gosh, it's been the twelfth day in a row. <laughs> um, no, no, it was it was good. Uh, work is picking up because of the Omarion variant. Omarion, and um, yeah, just just a lot of stuff going with that back and forward. Now I'm working from home. I got my military laptop with me as well. Oh, you living so, your best life working from home. <laughs> No, I'm not working from home. Uh, what I meant to say is I'm also working at home. Oh. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Damn. I was going to say, how, like, I had so many questions. Like, how are you helping with the COVID mission from home? Are you seeing people at your house? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's not. I'm, um. Nah, I'm, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the uh, UCC now, like CP Long Island. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it's I'm not even interacting with people anymore. You know, uh, that sucks because now that we're all fully vaccinated, I bet you when the summer comes around, it's gonna be like, hey, if you want to go out and have a good time, you got to take a booster shot now. You got, yep, <coughs> we got to see proof. Yep, yeah, definitely. You know, I was uh, doing research because I was having a conversation with coworkers yesterday, and he's very big into politics, and uh, he, I was just talking about how. Um, I saw this new TV show. I can't remember the name right now, but it's about the epidemic of, uh, what's that drug? Oh, uh, opioid? Yeah, the opioid addiction. But there's a specific one that they uh, mislabeled and said wasn't addictive, but it was extremely addictive. Purdue Pharma over Oxycontin. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Is that like a... You never had Oxy? You never... They never gave you Oxy after getting your teeth pulled? I never got my teeth pulled. Ish. Yeah, I'm yeah. Glad. me neither. I'm well, glad because I, I think I'd be addicted. Most of them just. Well, I, uh, I think they, they changed the formula and stuff, so I don't think it's addictive the way it was before. Before, they they was raking in money, but that conversation led to um, us finding out that those these pharmaceutical companies like that makes the uh, vaccines, they've made trillions of dollars since COVID started. Of course. You know, uh, anything government is involved in, there's a business involved in it. Yeah, I think they estimate making about $50,000 every minute. Yo, That's I, a lot of fucking I money. Just, I just need a minute or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be good with 30 seconds right now. <laughs> Shit. Jesus. So I could definitely see you're going to need booster shots. I could see, well, I already saw in the news yesterday that they have one for children now. Yeah. It makes me think of the whole, uh, so random, but, you know, it's politics. Uh, the whole war in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. 20 years, trillions of dollars spent. Because at some point, it's just kind of like, hey, you know, they're making money. Why stop? Yeah. I, 
that just it just all sounds like job security for me. I also That's wonder though, like how many of these uh, politicians are invested in these companies, these vaccine companies? Probably a lot of them. Probably all of them. It's big pharma, but they they're not publicly traded, right? I don't think so. No, because <laughs> if they were publicly traded, I ain't gonna lie. I would have I'd have put a pretty penny in there. <laughs> you you'd have probably got like point drop five thousand get like point zero zero five of a share. I mean that's a known uh, investment strategy, where you know uh, some guy during the uh, housing crisis mm-hmm. he became a billionaire off of that because uh, the big uh, short guy. No, I can't remember to do his name. I'll look it up in a minute. But uh, he invested in the, uh, whatever companies that were going bankrupt. Because the government said they were going to back them. So I was like, all right. So it really makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a short thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the airlines. Like when COVID first hit, how Delta, American Airlines, everybody took a huge ass hit because Damn. nobody could fly out. Damn, I should have. But no, they're not going to let them die. I, I don't, that bothers me because I feel like that's not true capitalism. Capitalism is survival of the fittest. And if you can't hack it, you know, I, I get the whole too big to fail, but that's also the government's responsibility to make sure they don't end up being too big to fail. So mm-hmm. I feel like you can't have, like, do your job, pretty much. Like, don't let it get to that point, and then just, oh, we can't do anything about it. Yeah. But at that point, it can't necessarily be, like, you know, true <coughs> capitalism, because everyone has their hand in the pot. So if if we leave them out to the to the sharks, you know, like, yo, you know, handle yourself, Someone's going to step in and be like, wait, hold up. You know, I'm kind of invested in this. I have a form of political power where I can make this alteration to get this in the way I want. That's corruption, though, like at its finest. (laughs) I mean, what's capitalism without corruption? (laughs) (laughs) But it's weird to me. They start with the same letter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and they end. That's, it's weird to no, me. No, they don't. Because, uh, like, we say all this shit about China or whatever, but I believe, I'd have to look it up also, but I believe they refused to back uh, their companies that was too big to fail. I don't know the end result because I don't follow, like, Chinese anything. But I remember I, it was in the news. I could believe that. I, I think China just works so differently, and I think that's part of the reason <clears throat> why, if not, they're on the path of passing us. But I think it's hard for America to give up. Like the, I feel like America's core values are why we're failing if we are failing. <clears throat> oh, well, China passed us in one metric. I don't remember what it is, though. But, like, America is, like, the land of the free, home of the brave. So China China takes some of your freedom. Like, you're, you're censored in China, but mm-hmm. that's why they're thriving. That's why I, I'm not even going to say thriving because I don't really know what they're doing there. Mm-hmm. But passing us in a metric... I can assume that it's because of that, why they're making so much progress. But America can't handle that. You cannot take freedom away from America. Nope. That That's what makes America, America. Yeah, and freedom is such a loose term. Yeah, like, you mean, you mean to tell me that you're going to censor my internet? The one that I didn't create, but I pay monthly <laughs> for? <laughs> like... Like, for giving America freedom is like signing, is like signing a blank check. You know what it reminds me of? Like how people complain. People complain about social media platforms mm. and threaten to delete it or, you know, they rally up against it because, like, for instance, for uh, example, Instagram changed their algorithm. 
But the argument is like, so what? They own Instagram and it's free. Mm-hmm. But you're upset that they changed the algorithm that went against you. But it's, it's just it's, it's the American way of life, you know? Being over opinionated. Being free. Oh, yes. Being free to be over opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, um, I was talking to the coworker too, and he made me realize that there's like presets of women. Like, tell me if you agree about this, right? Like, so one of the presets that I thought about was you have that light-skinned girl who's thick, thick. She's pretty. Everybody knows that she's pretty. Chances are when she starts a business, she's in the beauty department. Chances are she is a <laughs> she, she's doing facials, you know. And then I started thinking about every... Every female that I know who has a company like that, where they do facials and all of that stuff, waxes, they're all the thick, thick, light-skinned, pretty girls. All right, so I'm going to have to... Okay, I, I see where you're going with that, but I, I might have to like go argue the fact against that because um, I know one of them in particular... If they're listening to this now, they're probably going to be like, oh. but I'm not saying their name, so too bad. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, she's all the she checks off all the boxes you mentioned. Right. Mm-hmm. But her she she doesn't want to do she doesn't want to do that. She wants to do something that caught me off guard, actually. And it's pertaining more to her job just more like at a directory role instead of like a um, instead of the position she's in now. So, I mean, for all intents purposes, I could say what she does. Um, She's a flight attendant. Right. Okay. And, you know, she doesn't she loves the job because it enables her to travel. But she's also working on becoming a pilot. Oh, nice. Okay. Hell Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's so. <coughs> Why don't more people do that? Sorry, random as hell, but I feel like, you know, another topic. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. That's it, because yeah. I, I was about to piggyback off of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like people get their foot in the door and they just stay there. So I feel like I've, it's rare that you hear, oh, I was a flight attendant and now I want to be a pilot. Mm-hmm. It's human nature. Our brains are wired to pick the safe route. If our brains want to pick the most comfortable life for us, it's not necessarily the most successful, but it's the most comfortable. And that's why you got people working at Old Navy for 30 years. Complacency. It's because it's simple. You know what to expect every day, even if you hate it. So that's why. Fair enough. To go from a flight attendant to a pilot, it's a lot of work. And a lot of people aren't willing to put in the necessary hard work to do that. Kudos. I like seeing female uh, pilots. Yeah, because it's, it's rare. You know, it's extremely rare. Don't think about it. Have I ever seen one? Yeah, story? I don't think I've ever seen one. Uh, working at the airports, I've seen a few. Um, I would say, like, maybe I've been on post for, what, like five years? Out of those five years, maybe, like, ten. Yo, when you said working at the airport, I was like, you used to work at the airport? Well, you know what we... <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. did security over there. Yeah, 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 security, definitely. But... I'd like to see it. I'd like to see more women in better positions in businesses. And I just, I like seeing female entrepreneurs in general. Of course. We're all for (coughs) women empowerment. 
We're all for it. Oh, which reminds me, uh, today, hold on, let, 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 me, let me bust this up. Oh, snap. At the date of this recording, it's day 57 of fucking 75 hard. <laughs> so, because I remember a few episodes ago, I had said that in order for me to settle down with a chick, she has to do 75 hard. I'm completing my shit. So she better complete hers. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, my God. Listen, man. I've been peeing every 20 minutes for the past 57 days. <laughs> but it's worth it. That sounds I feel really good. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> that sounds absolutely fantastic. I can't I can't do it. I mean, granted, I haven't been I haven't drank alcohol in oh, I lied. I drank yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Yep. Well, I'm starting off from day one again. So. <laughs> as long as you start again, you yep. know. <laughs> you know, um, have you guys noticed that like scamming is on a rise? Yes. Like, uh, even working at the office, they would call the office number with scams. Yes. <laughs> like, how did you get this number? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I picked up the phone, and, you know, I say my usual. And they're like, hey, uh, your social security number has been found in such and such. Press this number to speak to a, uh, a agent or something like that. So I pressed the button. <laughs> They picked up, and I'm like, hey, this is the U.S. Army. Uh, I got a phone call from this number. Click. <laughs> so, and then, like, I'm looking on Instagram, and everybody's Instagram is getting hacked. You'll post pictures of you hanging out, having a good time drinking. Then the next day, you flip your money on Cash App. <laughs> yeah, that happened to my friend, actually, recently. Yo, nobody's safe. She never got her profile back, either. Oh, shit. It, it, it was actually, rough. It was on the news. Uh this lady, she she had to go to Channel Seven to get her profile back because, like, you know, Instagram's no help, of course. Right. But uh, she went to them. I don't know what they did, but I guess the fact that it's on the news, they're like, "Oh, let's let us help you out." Yo, Jesus! Everybody's getting hacked. It ain't safe. <clears throat> it is not safe. And you know, there's a new hack that they're doing. Um, they caught a couple coworkers with it, where let's say my Instagram gets hacked, and they'll contact you saying, "Hey, what's up, man?" Uh, I lost my phone. Uh, I'm trying to get a new verification code. Can I send it to you? And then you tell me the number. Oh. And they're like, okay, cool. You do that, and uh, they'll be able to hack your Instagram. I don't know if it's through what, but once you give them the code, they're able to hack your, and with your phone number, of course, then they're able to hack your account. But I just assume that it worked with, like, Affirm or, like, all of those payment for platforms that require your phone number. But my, they take Instagram too. My question is like, why? Like, like, like I understood. I don't really, I didn't agree with it, but I understood why. Like back in the days, people would like hack bank accounts and like take money and stuff. But why social media? You know, <laughs> I, I get it. I never considered that. <laughs> but why? <laughs> I I think. It, when you hack somebody's social media, you're hacking their followers. So it's not necessarily their account. It's the people who like them. So imagine if, uh, let's imagine if somebody hacks Joe Rogan's uh, Instagram. And then he puts up a link about, hey, donate to this or cash at me this. All he needs is 10% of his followers to donate to that cash app for whoever is on that other end to make a shit ton of money. 
So it's for what your followers can bring. True. So. True. Understandable. But, but yeah, I mean, how often does that happen to a celebrity? I mean, it, even if it's a celebrity, you don't got to target celebrities. True. Imagine doing 100 small people. You're still making money. <laughs> do people actually, like, do it, though? Like, oh, my friend posted a cash at me money, and... Yeah. That's great. That's why they still doing it. It's a lucrative yeah. business, apparently. That's... <clears throat> I feel like that's a lot of effort for a little payout. And then on top of it, I think, like, that's not a social media conversation. Like, I feel like if I wanted money from you, I would text you. You know, uh... There's a coworker that that happened to. I'm not gonna say his name on a podcast, but he contacted me. Um, the hacker contacted me with that same thing about you know give the phone number, but I just thought it was off because they were from New York and we're all black, you know, all raised in the hood. And he was talking to me like a proper white man, and I'm like, this is not how this man speaks. So I just didn't answer. I was gonna wait till I see him in person. And then I saw him in person, and it turns out he was hacked. He didn't even know he was hacked because he rarely checks Instagram. So, and then that led to several other coworkers getting hacked and stuff like that. <clears throat> That's wow. So my question is right because we, I'd like to think as, um, like adults, right? Uh, we have a sense of comedy, right? Which. Uh, basically means we have common sense, right? So, Do we? <laughs> well, common sense ain't common. But um, right. so initially, these these um these scams and stuff were initially made to target the elderly, right? Like back in the days when like they first came out, because the elderly are more susceptible. Give them a phone call. Your social security is up. Oh no, I can't. What do I have to do? You know, stuff like that. Or like, hey, you know, we got your daughter and we need $100 million. Empty out that retirement account. Yeah, like, so this is more targeted towards, like, stuff like this would probably only affect either the really gullible or, like, those that aren't technologically diverse enough. But anyone with a <coughs> lick of common sense would be like, hmm... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I don't, for me, it just seems odd if somebody reaches out to me on social media for money. Yeah. Or one of those uh, get rich quick schemes. Just, just to let everybody know, you should not believe in get rich quick schemes. They do not exist. <laughs> if they do exist, chances are you're going to jail after, or you'll be dead. Or there'll be a documentary about you <laughs> 10 years from now, okay? It, hard work and consistency is what gets you the money and discipline. So those whole cash at me this and I could... Flip if people it. could cash at somebody $5 and make $3,000 in return, do you think anybody in this world will be working? So please, people, just, just stop with the get rich quick schemes and Yo, hustle your ass off. Oh my God. I can't. Jesus. We should do a documentary. <laughs> we get the blackout thing too, so you can't see the person's face and the voice alteration. I don't think they. I don't think the world would be able to handle a documentary from us. <laughs> which remind. I feel like we'd be too real. <laughs> which reminds me that I, I feel like being too real is a problem in this day and age. Oh, 
Like, I'll give you guys an example. I saw I was dying when I saw this. Uh, <laughs> it was a post. This dude was like, yo, my little cousin just passed away. But he was a drug dealer selling uh, fentanyl. And he was like, my family had the audacity to try to put angel wings behind him. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yo, little bro, go straight to hell. <laughs> so, and then, you know, I'm laughing at the comments, but I'm like, damn. It, people can't handle the hard truth. Like, it's easy for people to be like, why would you say that? He passed away. He was young. Yeah, but he was selling drugs to minors. <laughs> and potentially killing them because no mm-hmm. one rarely survives fentanyl. So, I, I just think that this world is uh, moving away from the the hard truth. People want everything sugar-coated. And it, it sucks, but... Uh, I think sooner or later, it's going to go back around full circle. Yeah, I think it's, that's what it's like with anything. Like mm-hmm. Things come and go in waves. Yeah, because eventually, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, I can see it right now because it's building up, especially with this pandemic. Because people, like, people barely survived 2020. And now it's... It wasn't that bad. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. You know, that's not personally. Personally, it wasn't Personally, (laughs) Personally, it wasn't that bad for me as well, aside from having COVID. But, I mean... I got to look up the statistics. Go ahead. I'm going to look up how many people died in 2020 versus 2019. Okay. But, um, yeah, so, and now, like, 2021, everything was getting, it was starting to get better, progressively better in the beginning of the year. And now with this new variant, first we had to deal with Delta at the end of last year into the beginning. Now we have to do deal with Omicron or whatever. And... It's it's like a constant like pressure. It's like you know someone's telling you to do something that you don't want to do. That frustration builds up, and then eventually it's gonna go back to that period of insensitivity where like people are like, "Yo, fuck this, fuck you, I'm gonna do what I want," you know, because they're already doing it right now. I, I I'm not gonna. I I agree with that mentality because I feel like at this point. Nothing really changed during this whole situation. Like, I think even with uh, the, the new variant, as far as I've heard, I haven't heard any, like, rise in deaths or anything like that. It's just more COVID cases. Uh, there's There's been at least, um, from what I've known so far, I think at least four people that died from the Omicron. They say they died from the Om- Omicron variant in Long Island. Were they vaccinated? Uh, I think... I'm not sure. I I can't remember. They if they were, they didn't mention it. Did they actually die from COVID? Yeah, they were saying like, "Hey, you know." Or did they have COVID and something else happened? They didn't say that either. <laughs> the media, they only want to funnel, you know. It's what gets the money. Yeah, <clears throat> but so so what I was getting at was that in Long Island, like you know, the new the governor put out the new mask mandate, right? Mm-hmm. They're not doing it in Long Island. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Like now. Like you have to wear masks indoors even if you're vaccinated. Yeah. Yo, I haven't been wearing masks anywhere. So they're, I, shops don't really care, man. I, the world is over it. That's exactly. <laughs> and the frustration <laughs> is building yeah, up. This, it's This is funny because this is. <laughs> 
because you know we went to the coffee shop earlier and yeah. i saw you put your mask on i'm like oh okay and you know that was the first day in a long time that i've ever put my mask on mm-hmm. I because i was trying to follow the mandate but then i don't even care anymore man i'm like yo nobody really cares and see and this is where the frustration begins tan- becomes tangible because now we're they're saying the government's trying to revert us back into that phase of wearing masks indoors and outdoors. And now that we've been freed from that, we're like, no, we're not going back. Holy shit, you just reminded me. I, I have to confirm this, but coworkers were talking about this. And they were saying that somebody made a mandate that even in your house, <laughs> you have... <laughs> that sounds like California. <laughs> yeah, I think it was California. <laughs> that even if, if you have a visitor in your home... Um, you all have to be masked up, and it's like, what the fuck what? are y'all? Tra- <laughs> I mean, they can't really enforce it. They could. It's at that point, it's just merely a suggestion. No, I mean, of course, but like the audacity. Oh, like, imagine we're in California and I come over, right? No, you guys come over, but he's offended that I'm not wearing a mask in my own home, so he calls the cops on me. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that bullshit? I'd be like, get the fuck out. <laughs> like, I, oh my I think, God. Like, I, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be hilarious. I think by the time the cops got there, I think the real problem would be that you're still in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, honestly, I, I'm at a point now where I think for this COVID thing, we need to just live life normally. And let it take out who it needs to take out. Yo. <laughs> nah, I don't think that's what it is. I think uh, the government got too rigid. And it'd be like, hey, we don't really know what's going on, right? But we're going to react. But I feel like once... I feel like there was enough clues that they could have started shifting things earlier than they did last time. Mm-hmm. The last two times. And they waited to like the last possible minute. And now you're trying to, uh, you know, everybody was frustrated. Even at work, I heard uh, somebody mention, like, oh, you know, we're all required to be vaccinated. Do we have to wear a mask? And that's logic. But for whatever reason, it's not changing. But then to try and revert back after taking so long to correct it, mm-hmm. especially when all the clues pointed, like, hey, you know, maybe we should just fix this. Mm. But... I don't know. I think that's more... It, we're not flexible enough, especially as government. Yeah, bureaucracy and whatnot. I think, what is it, Texas, that people just have a choice? Like, <laughs> if you want to wear a mask, you wear a mask. If you don't, you don't, but you deal with the consequences. So if I'm somebody who believes that I don't want to get vaccinated or that I shouldn't wear a mask and I die from COVID, that's my fault because I chose that life. Oh. I, I love that. Now, I, I get it where oh, other people could be state. worried about that because let's say I believe in not wearing a mask, but I'm around elderly people who are terrified of COVID. So for that, I get it. And I get that in public I don't, areas. Because I think uh, te- Texas is saying, I went to Texas in, what was it, August or so, mm-hmm. is personal responsibility. So that goes both ways. So if you okay. go somewhere and you see they're not wearing masks, you put on yours. You don't even have to be there. <laughs> You go you home. I like that. You're right. You're right. I reading that. I agree with that. It so should be a personal choice. Personal responsibility. You, you take responsibility for your actions, but you deal with either the consequences or the benefits. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's uh, one of my favorite 
Republican uh, ideologies or, I don't know, philosophies, personal responsibility. I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, uh, did you guys hear about uh, <laughs> this world is fucked? I, I'm not going to say that. I think the world is uh, genuinely progressing. Mm-hmm. I think it's just easy for the negativity to be, you know, front mm-hmm. news because that's what draws views. But did you guys hear about the TikTok challenge that's going around? Oh, God. There's no. a, a, yeah, with schools had to be shut down um, because oh. there's a TikTok challenge about school shootings. Yes. I was going to go to school yesterday because of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't even. I, <laughs> Yo, this generation is more savage than we are. But I think, I don't even, I'm trying to, I don't know, but I'm trying to think whether it's a challenge or somebody is just like, you know what? I wonder if I could, I could scare the shit out of people. Nah, I don't want to go to school today. I got a test. Yeah. Got my, yeah. My. That's, that's the equivalent to us, like ringing the fire alarm back when we were kids, you know, like, oh, I don't want to ding, 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 ding. I feel like it's going to get to a point where you can't even take it seriously anymore. Like, I think you just, I mean, granted, you always have to take it seriously. Yeah, always have to. I think it will just be like, hey, you know, every school has, like, metal detectors and whatever, and, hey, we'll just have extra security that day. I think all schools already should have metal detectors. I remember in Jack, we had metal detectors. Yeah. And that was one less thing I had to worry about. Even if this school was an amazing school, it's just something you don't really have to worry about. Wait, I mean, we still had to worry about it because yeah, they were sneaking home, it in. Yeah, homeboy still got stabbed in the classroom, remember? Yeah. My, my question... That knife was, like, this big, too. I've, I've always wondered, uh, survived? like, why the school safety agents, like, what are the point of them? What is the point of them? Because I feel like they're just there for a check. That's what most people are. Most people are just there for a check. They don't really have. Do you feel like, sorry. No, do, go do, you, do you feel like cops are there for a check? Like, I'm sure some percentage of them are. But I think just the nature of the job, they have to take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I think cops... The nature of the job you have to take it more seriously, but I think like public, like school safety and all of that, it's the watered down version of them, so they don't take it seriously. So, so where I was going with this, I feel like just get rid of them and just have cops. I mean, you could do that. So the reason I say this is because I remember from my experience in high school, it was very easy to get whatever you wanted in. Yeah, like even with the metal detectors or whatever. I was friends with one of the, uh, which is fucking weird to me. Because I'm, like, 14 or so. Like, how are we friends? <laughs> At the time, it wasn't weird. But in hindsight, it's like... Mm. Was he one with braids and glasses? Yes. <laughs> he was mad cool. <laughs> was, my dude was there for a check. Yeah, like, I, I remember I would... I don't even remember what I was bringing in at that time. I don't even remember what I had, but it was just kind of like he knew, and it was like, all right. So yeah. I, I think it's because I think the reason why they don't do that is because cops have a lot more to lose. Like I, I work with like at least half the people I work with are cops, and they tell me all the stuff that they li- they have to do in order to like become a cop, or like the rules they have to follow in order to get that ability to bend the rules, to enforce the rules, I should say. So it's it's more like a give and take where they're, they're given a lot more than they're taken. 
So being a cop, like if school safety were replaced with cops, then that's just a whole nother thing added to their plate. Because technically speaking, oh, oh no, go ahead. You were going to say. I heard what you're saying, but I, I don't think it's an issue if you still have those school safety agents, but just make them cops. Like, I, you, I feel like you have more people. But I think the problem is that they're underpaid. Like, if you're a school safety and some shit happens, are you really going to put your life on the line for twenty dollars an hour? They don't have the authority to enforce. Yeah, they. I don't. I don't think they can really do anything. Yeah, they're they, just kind of there. No, I mean like, but of course, you know, you have the 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 human right that if you can stop something, you react. So, like, let's say somebody breaks into here, you know, we could beat their ass. And I'm, at school safety, you can do the same thing. If you see somebody with a gun and you have the chance, you can put your life on the line to do that. But are you really going to do that when you're not getting paid a lot and you're at a job that you don't really like? But It's it, like, you know what? Fuck this place. <laughs> I ain't trying to take die. <laughs> but take this shit. That's just one. That's just one scenario, though. Now, think about it like this. How, does it, how would it look if, let's say, school safeties were cops and... You know, with cops, you have all these, you have a gun, you have like the taser, you have a baton, and your job not only is to protect the kids, but also, you know, protect the kids from outside harm, but protect the kids from inside harm and harm to themselves and others as well. So technically speaking, it would be no different than jail. (laughs) (laughs) It would be no different from jail because you you have more of enforcement now. You have something that's like, listen, if shit gets out of fan, I got it. Right. And with that, like, people would see that as like, as like, that's sort of like being like a correction <coughs> officer. It may be a watered down version of it, but it's like you have the authority to enforce the rules within the school. If some outside threat or school shooter comes, perfect. That's the scenario you want them to have guns in. Okay. <laughs> but, like, not what? <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Finish that. <laughs> but, but in like a normal scenario where everything is all like perfectly fine, yeah. them having guns is unnecessary. I, I agree with that. I think that's an easy fix though. I think, uh, I think of it as like SAD kind of where – we don't really have to do much. I feel like we just have to be there and things are less likely to happen. Or if we're involved, it's kind of like, oh, this person says don't do that. Oh, he's a soldier with a gun. I'm going to just not do that. But that's because I feel like the public understands that the military, we, you don't want the military involved. <laughs> and, you know, if a military personnel pulls out a weapon, chances are it's because he's go- he or she is going to use it. But I do agree. I feel like weapons are necessary in schools. I think what we need is metal detectors. Because people, when you have a weapon, it changes your decisions. Because you know that you have the advantage. And I think that's why a lot of these people get killed unnecessarily. It's because you're aggravated. In a normal situation where you'd want to put hands on somebody or something like that, you have a weapon. Let me just end this right now. So I, I think this is a quick fix. I think uh, you could do it in a way where, say, you have four people, right? 
two of them don't have weapons, and they're just on the floor. And the other two are somewhere isolated away from everything, just in case. So, like a response squad. Yeah, like a cure. But but then again, if you, that's no different than jail, like a riot squad. No, no, no. But I, I can see the value in I, that. I know exactly what you're talking about. But if I'm look, but I'm looking at it at the other perspective, because like that's a great idea because it would make responding to like shootings minimize casualties. It would make that so much better. But in a sense, it's like, hey, if this school needs a riot squad, right? That's on standby. Then what are we doing wrong? as an educational facility. See, I, I think I think school shootings are something that you can't end. It's going to always happen. I agree with a, a quick reaction force like that, but not in the schools. I think Yeah, they could be outside in the in the car. No, not even that. I think what uh and why what cops have to do is have more training for quick reactions and stuff like that where as soon as you get that phone call that there's a school shooting Time how quickly, how long it takes you to get there, how long it takes you to react. Because you can't prevent school shootings. And even if you're in a parking lot, there, it's, it's not necessary. Because how often do school shootings happen 365 days of the year in certain locations? But if cops are able to quick to respond quickly to those situations, that would help mitigate the risks. I think that's the best we can do without turning schools into prisons. I, I don't know. I think uh, it could be just the way I'm thinking about it, but I think I view it as a deterrent. It's like if I know, like, hey, they're within, like, a minute drive, like, how likely am I to do whatever at the school? True. But then again, on the flip side of that, I feel like that could also escalate the situation because now it's like I know they're there, so maybe I want to take hostages now. Yeah, nature, and, so. like... Or do my damage and just... Or they become... Yeah, they become more radical. Like, how much damage can I do within that time period before they come? That becomes a TikTok challenge. (laughs) 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 You know, just just throw it out there. Uh, When when y'all hear us laughing about stuff like this, we're not laughing at the situation. All right, we're not laughing at people getting killed or anything like that. Okay, you got to find humor in certain things. Yeah, I find it weird that we've gotten to the point where anything could be a TikTok challenge. Yo, TikTok is uh is a dangerous dangerous beast. I love TikTok. Yeah, it's it's part of the culture. Like it, like it's really part of the culture. It, like it, it can influence day-to-day life. Yeah. It is. It's like a way like I see I have this one coworker that is just constantly on TikTok and it's so influential that it's scary because it's like you can it's like a small internet Yo, but you can find anything on there. I, I had TikTok for a week. I had no followers. I, I wasn't following. I think I was following you. And that was it. And it's addictive. With no outside interaction with anyone or anything. I had to delete it. I deleted it at the end of that week. It's that dopamine hit yeah, you get every few seconds. Then the next video, dopamine hit. Because there's so <coughs> much like creativity, so much people that's like expressing themselves in COVID. COVID definitely exploded TikTok. And, like, so much people that are, like, finding ways to express themselves and, like, not remain in the house and stuff like that, that we're, and we're there, like, watching it because we're also in the same predicament 
you know, we're just not being creative and creating the videos. We're the ones watching it. And it's just like all those thousands of people making videos and stuff. And it's like a few seconds. It's like 10 seconds. And it's like, bam, bam, bam. But even for me, though, I like I could care less about the entertainment value of it. But I feel like it just has something for everyone. Where for me, I feel like I learned a lot just being on it. And so for me, that was what was addictive. Like, I showed you all the places that I saw. I was like, oh, I want to go there. I want to try yes. that. All the food spots, drink mm-hmm. spots, mm-hmm. like places to visit, museums, like activities to do. Pl- yes. But I think that's that's how Instagram was. That's how Facebook was. It, it's a place where you can tailor what you see to what you want to see. You can follow certain people. If you like this, it's more. Rec- it's going to recommend more stuff like that. So it's tailored to you. So of course you're going to like it. People uh, change their lifestyle for Instagram. Some, something though about TikTok, I feel like it's. I don't know if it's more targeted. Oh, or it, it's. Uh, it's just that there's so much content on it. But something about it, I feel like it relates specifically to you because my explore page. It's it has my interests, but in a very vague way. Whereas TikTok is kind of like, oh, yeah, we found this just for you. I mean, I so, believe that because people sell your your internet profile. Like every time you like something, you know, every time you watch this video for a certain amount of time, every time you press share, that creates a profile of who you may be and things that you may be interested in. So it's more likely to show you more stuff like that. And it just further tweaks that, the, the that face, algorithm until it gets you. Algorithm. So. That's what I'm saying, but I feel like that's what the difference between the two is. Because I feel like in Instagram, I felt like it had to like learn me, and I've had Instagram for five or so years now. I feel like it knows me very vaguely. Whereas TikTok, it's kind of like, hey, I've known you your whole life. I've had it for a week. I I think it's a combination. TikTok's a combination of Instagram and Snapchat. Like it's you can. It's like Vine, Vine on crack. Yeah, it's like Vine on crack. Like you can post, you can post anything, right? And then if you watch it, right? And then it'll recommend something. It'll do a process of elimination to you, right? It's like, hey, you watch this, you might like this. You watch this, you might like this. And the more you keep watching things, they're they're looking at what you're watching and then they're making suggestions. And the more you watch their suggestions, the more precise their suggestions become. And now all of a sudden you're like, yo, like, how did I end up at the fucking Met Gala? (laughs) And I just had this, you know, for a week, so. I think, uh, I think it's a wonderful thing. Like, I I enjoy it. I think the problem is that people forgot how to practice self-discipline. Like, you can, the one thing about all of these apps is that you can shut it off. You can just swipe up or whatever it is that you do and put your phone away. Or you can go on any other app. But people forgot how to hold themselves accountable for what it is. Like people go talk about, oh, this is addictive. They get you to spend your money by tailoring this, this, and that. It's you. It's not them. Of course, as a business strategy, they're going to market to you. And wouldn't you want your whatever you view to be tailored to you Mm -hmm. like everything else in life we want we want to tailor to us we want our lifestyle tailored to us we want our food tailored to us we want our home tailored to us but when you go on social media it's a problem when it's tailored to you true because Uh, they're like oh it shouldn't be we oh too addictive yeah Uh, 
I have mixed feelings because I think uh, in a general way, sure, like, you know, self-control, discipline, all that stuff. But I think it's a problem when you have, like, teams of people who know how people work, like, better than you could. Mm. I still don't think there's nothing wrong with that. That's every major company. It's how Nike makes money. It's how all of these brands make money, even cereal. Like, the boxes, you ever notice the boxes that are meant for kids, like, tricks and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. They're higher up on a shelf, and the bunny is looking down because he's looking at the child, not you. But the difference, though, is I think, how, how often are you shopping for cereal? Whereas if the phone is, it goes everywhere with you. So that's the thing. It's the self-discipline. Because they're doing the same thing all these companies do. It's just that people can go on social media whenever they want, but they overindulge in social media. But I, I also think it's the need, though, because you're already in this situation because of the phone, whereas you don't need, like, a box of cereal every day, maybe even a week. But and nobody needs Instagram. Nobody, nobody needs nobody TikTok. Needs it, but, but the phone is... Uh, not that you need it, but kind of in this day and age, you need a phone. And it kind of puts you in that situation. It doesn't because when you buy an iPhone, it doesn't come with Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> you have to download it. Mm -hmm. You have to create an account. Mm -hmm. Then you have to browse it. And you, you always have the ability to delete it. You always have the ability to put a timer on your phone, screen, watch, the whole nine. But, but that's, that's going to be, that's usually the tricky part because as... You know, as people, you know, our time is limited, so we try to spend it as much as we can. We try not to make any of our time go to waste. So we have to fill that time with something. But not even that. I think you're looking at it from backward, from the present going backwards. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at it from the beginning going forwards. Whereas, like, a lot of these controls, they weren't on the phone or Instagram or whatever. Not, like, none of this stuff was known. Like, if I'm sure a lot of parents, if they knew that social media was going to be as addictive or quote-unquote addictive as it was, maybe I wouldn't have let my kid get it, or maybe I wouldn't have got on it. But I feel like there was not a lot known about it. We got, like, into it, and then it's, like, found out, like, oh, you know, this is what it is or whatever. And it's kind of hard to go back. I, I think – I don't agree with that. I think, uh, yeah, it was something new. Um People got interested in it, but I don't think social media had the only thing that evolved about social media is that there's more people on it. Um, I think I, I feel like at the end of the day, it's up to each individual as to why it's quote unquote addictive. I still think that even in the very beginning, uh, before people knew how addictive social media could be, it was still social media, just like all of these businesses. They all use the same tactics to market towards people. I think the only clear difference is that social media is free. So you can not spend a dime and still scroll through stuff. And to what you were saying about how people want to spend their time doing, you know, whatever. If this building was on fire, you think we while running out, we pause to check our Instagram? No. No, nope, because our priorities right then and there is to get out. But People's we would priorities is out of whack. But we would definitely record the building on fire when we get out of it. <laughs> would, would, okay, so... I get that, but that's after, like, there's people out there, yeah, who would definitely be like, yo, check this out, but that's their priorities. That's the first thing that's on their mind is getting the fuck out the building and getting out of harm's way. Mm -hmm. People who understand how to use social media, their priority is not to scroll through social media aimlessly. They use it to their advantage. 
And then, you know, when you're down, you're chilling, then okay, I get it. So I, I kind of agree with Darwin on this one because um, the, the use of social media now is, it's a part of society now. Like mm -hmm. we had, if we, like he said, if we had known um, how addictive it would have been when it first started, we could have stopped it or monitored it. Not that we could have. I think maybe we would have. May, okay. You never know. Yeah, maybe maybe we would have. But now it's to the point where it's too late, where it's so integrated into our society now that people are legit going into schools and faking you know, school shootings. I don't think that's social media. I think that's that's the individual. And I think that's just the things that they prioritize. Like some people want to be known for something and that's social media is a platform where for better or for worse if you want to be known for something if you want to be known as the biggest killer in history you could buy a gun from another state and go somewhere crowded and try to kill as much people as possible but you would have ended up on the news otherwise if social media didn't exist i think people's issue with social media is that it challenges your self-control and people don't like the fact that it's up to them individually to control their self-control. It's like, damn, you mean to tell me that I have to tell myself to stop? Nah, I don't like that. You shouldn't do that. Like, nobody wants to put a ban on alcohol. But how much people does alcohol kill per year? I, th I think it's more nuanced than that. I think uh, from a perspective of, say, you, like, what you're saying makes perfect sense. But it's very anecdotal. I would say this example is, but imagine the kid who always knew social media. Like, they were born, it was all there already. Mm. Mm -hmm. And years and years of using it, how hard would it be for that kid to stop using it? But that's the thing, is that it's a part of life, so you don't necessarily have to stop using it. It's about what you do with it. But that's all that kid knows. Unlike unlike us, who, you know, grew up before social media and stuff like this, you know, that kid, that's all they know. That, like, they, they, if you mention to a 16-year-old right now, like, hey, you know, remember that time before Facebook? You know, remember MySpace? They'd be like, most of them would probably be like, what's MySpace? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that we have to get people off of social media. Like, social media is definitely a huge part in life now. But... It's about how you use it. So even if you grew up on social media, that means that you should understand social media better than other people. You can use that to your advantage. It, you don't always have to be just the consumer. But remember, but, the dopamine hit. But also, that I think, how well do we know... Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I, I felt that. <laughs> Sound saying? like you need to deal with me here. I feel. <laughs> how often is it that you have a tool that you know how to use it, but you also know why it works or how it works? And when to use it. Like, I think it happens. I think that's something that the military does that I like is that they always give you the technical like, oh, this is how it works and whatever. And it's not necessarily beneficial, at especially at like a beginner level. But 
down the road it pays off. You can use it more creatively. You can use it more, just better, more efficiently, if you understand how it works. So you're saying that people don't understand how social media works? Not, I don't think they understand the technical uh, side beside it, that there's teams of people who are making it that uh, it's more, quote-unquote, addictive. It's kind of like uh, with the cell phones and the ghost text messages. Do y'all, do y'all believe in the ghost text messages? Ghost text messages? I think, <laughs> I, I don't believe in it. Uh, uh, I need a bit of clarification. I anyway. 100% believe it because it's happened to me. What do you yeah, mean? I, ghost? I, so ghost text messages, like, for example, your phone is in your pocket. And you swear that it vibrated, and when you checked it, it, there's no notification or anything like that. But then it's like, you know what, my phone is here, so let me just scroll. That has happened before. The reason I believe it is because there was for years where I, so I'm going to get a little sidetracked, but there was a guy who, uh, he said a red flag for him is that you don't believe in any conspiracy theories. And the reason being is he said, do you really feel like the U.S. government is out here batting 700 average and they're just knocking everything out the park? (laughs) And I think about that as for a whole of society, like some things are just true. Mm -hmm. Like regardless of how crazy or far-fetched it might be, at least one of them got to be true. So it makes you think of the, uh, the Apple battery thing or no. When the phones are coming out, and then the new phones are coming out, and then the older models, yes, are like I wholeheartedly believe that. The update, me too. So yeah. I find it like I can't see a situation where they're capable of one, but they're not capable of sending you a update text message so you can pick up your phone and check it. True, because they could send out an Amber Alert to every phone. So why can't they send out a you know a ghost text? I mean, I, I, I believe it's possible. I just think that we all have the urge to want to check our phone. So it's easy to justify like, yo, did my phone just vibrate? So it could be like the phantom limb theory, right? Where it's like, um, because our phones are an ex- extension of ourselves, whether we like it or not. Okay. Right. Yeah. So like with a phantom phantom limb theory, uh, amputees, they usually, their brain still registers that amputation. So it's like, you know, they could feel like, like let's say if my left arm was amputated, you know, I could reach for this cup not remembering that it was. And my brain would register that my left arm is picking up the cup. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I kind of attribute this to. It's like a phantom limb thing. So like, you know, we we're so used to being on our phones, right? That when it's away, we're so used to the vibration of it that even if it's in our pocket, we could feel like it's been vibrating. Whether it's the ghost Texan or it could just be like a phantom limb syndrome. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Honestly, I think. We're just so used to being on our phones that it's like, oh, shit, did my phone ring? Because I noticed that when I pay less attention to my phone, like, I don't even sleep with my phone next to me anymore. My phone is on the other side of the room. Uh, My first, like, two hours of the day, I usually don't check my phone. I only use it for, like, to know what workout I'm going to do, stuff like that. And I generally just don't really care about my phone. I try my best to not make it an extension of me. And I can't remember the last time that I felt one of those ghost messages or like I checked my phone just thinking that it was going off. But I, I think I, I hear what you're saying, but I also think that that's part of the strategy. 
like there's just ways to create more engagement with your phone. Mm. So even with the whole go slim thing, I think for me personally, I think that's just part of the strategy. And it starts to get to a point where you as the user, you start to question like, you know, maybe maybe I'm the problem. Maybe maybe it's not uh, <laughs> Apple or whatever. It's just like creating that seed of doubt, like what's what and who knows what's what. True. I mean, there's these big companies have teams, like El said, specializing in knowing about people. There, there was a documentary on it, and I, there was a term, even like the way we get the text messages, like the fact that you don't know whether you're going to get a reward or not, is that, that's part of the strategy too. And that's why we check our phones the way we check it. It was kind of like, hey, you know, I could have missed it, so let me check it. Oh, even if I don't have anything, I still get that dopamine hit. Mm. You know what's funny, though, is that all of these people who aren't businesses but they use social media, um, they do the same tactics. They just don't have a full team behind them. Like, how much times have you checked uh, How to Beast's video because of the title? How much times did he get you to be like, huh, you know, let me click this? About t- like it's at a point where like even when it comes down to releasing a podcast, I did my research on how active people are at certain times of the day. I did my research on when the best possible times. Like when do people commute? Okay, people commute during this time in a car, New York City. That means I should drop the podcast during this time so they can listen to it in the car ride. So we all do it. We just don't have a team of experts the way they do. And these companies do. So that what does that say? So what that so what you were saying earlier is that. I feel like social media is a technology or a tool that we understand the basics of it and we can use it to our advantage. Now, we don't understand the full, full spectrum of what they do. So to go with your point, I think it's different for each individual. So in a very general way, using me as an example, how to be since you brought that up, when when something when one of his subtitles are because he's good with the subtitles mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, oh, OK, that's interesting. I'm automatically skeptical because I know what he does already. Mm-hmm. That's but, because you know his strategy now. <laughs> but not everyone has that awareness, though. Yeah. So not everyone has that awareness, but even I would use you as the, uh, the flip side of it. You have that awareness, but you'll still check it out. Mm-hmm. What Just is, out of curiosity. What is an example of one of his like thumbnails? Like So how, you know who How to Beast is, right? Yes. So one of his recent videos, he put the title of We Lost Everything. And he, like, we both knew it was bullshit. <laughs> so but my curiosity, I, yeah, so I clicked it anyway, and the video was just about a scenario if he lost everything. Yeah. So as soon as I found that, I was like, okay, got rid of it. But he got the view. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, clickbait. I don't think that was one of his better ones, because I felt like that one was too transparent. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes he's, he's really good with it, and it's like, oh, okay, let me check this out. And then it's like, nah not what i thought it was and i i get it too um i have an example i can't use the example for the podcast but i i I get it because you want people to view your content and we live in a day and age where that dopamine hit is important because you're getting that dopamine hit from everywhere else so what makes your content click worthy so of course you got to use the algorithm you got to use the information that you research to try to get people to click your view too because even though we both knew it was crap Imagine had I clicked the video and I enjoyed the first 30 seconds. I would have still sat there and watched the rest of the video because I was like, you know, it's a good video anyway. It's, it's the curiosity in it. And yeah, because, you know, that's like, that's what TikTok is. It's the wow factor. Like yeah. you ever saw the videos of the girl who, like the song is playing and she she's hiding her body 
and you got to wait a while before you actually see it. Mm -hmm. It's that. It's that, huh, I wonder what I'm going to see. And even if the video is shit, still going to sit there and wait. And it doesn't consume a lot of your time, which is why people love it so much. You know, I, I don't have a problem with that. And this is a little off topic. This is more into like clickbait. I have a problem when you get me to click and then it's not worth my time. But you don't know if it's worth your time unless you click. And that's, that's why I don't <laughs> click his videos. Anymore. <laughs> but imagine how much. But there was a period in time where you still clicked it because his videos resonated with you. Mm -hmm. So there's people out there who need his videos or would like video content like that. That's, that's fair. Who that clickbait would work from. And then that's a follower who would watch the rest of his videos. Because okay. we all outgrow content. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm doing better things. I'm wanting something better. My mindset is just in a different space. So then on to the next person. Mm. That's, that's fair. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think social media is an amazing tool. But then again, I'm speaking from my perspective because I'm somebody who, if I feel like I'm spending too much time on social media, I'll just be like, all right, that's it. I, I agree. I think it's an amazing tool. I think that uh, just not everyone's equipped the same to handle it. I, I agree with that. Yeah. It's like alcohol. It's like, that's what his uh, AA means. It's just people who are not equipped to handle everything like other people. True. But I think it's easy to, I think it's human nature to just put blame on something instead of holding yourself accountable. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think there should be like any government intervention to protect adults. I think, again, personal responsibility and there are the tools out there to help you. But I, my only concern is like children. I feel like they don't know better. And adults are highly, supposed to be the supervision for that. Influential. <laughs> I feel like adults are the supervision, but it goes back to the the easy road because a person with a child, right? You know, the best. What's the best way to distract a child? Put a tablet in front of their face. Put YouTube on, and then just type in like something pertaining to I don't know Roblox or something. Yeah. For me, I feel like children should always be a protected class or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, everything is situational because that's the situations you just gave. Or think about it on the other side of it. Think about the single parent who they're not able to supervise their child all the time. Mm. And it's kind of like even even my parents, they're not technolo technological sa technologically savvy, mm. one. So they wouldn't even know how to supervise me. And then two, on top of that, children just have a way <laughs> of doing what children are going to do. So I think for that reason, as a society, we should always protect children. I agree. I think as a society, we, we still do. I think it's individual parents as to why, like, sometimes social media gets out of control with uh, children. Like... I do think that in this day and age, it's every parent's responsibility to understand social media because social media is now a part of life. And if you're going to supervise your children with social media, you need to understand how it works. Like when people work out, people don't work out because they enjoy it. They work out because they it, it keeps you healthy. It's the same thing with social media. You ain't got to like it, but you should understand if your children are going to be on it and you should be able to supervise it. Like I saw a video, um, was it Northwest? Uh, Kanye yes. and Kardashian's daughter. Northwest. She went on Instagram Live and she showed everybody, you know, like Kim Kardashian in bed. And she was like, you're not supposed to go on live. And, you know, she laughed right away. Little kid stuff. 
But then Kim Kardashian shared a picture of another. Um, well, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Rob, it's not Deer Dick. There's some some other guy. Rob Kardashian. No, no, no. He's he has a child with another Kardashian. Um, his name isn't coming to me right now. But oh. his son shared. He he texted Kim Kardashian saying, "Hey, if you want, I can speak to Northwest about going on live because I there was one time I went on live." And I said some things I shouldn't have, and it really, you know, did its damage. And that's a young child who already understands how social media works. Granted, he's in a different situation because his family's famous and stuff. But just the restrictions and the mindset that that family put their child in when it comes down to social media, it's fucking amazing. Imagine if we taught all our children the importance of social media and what you should say and shouldn't say on it. We'd be better off, but people aimlessly be like, yo, leave me alone, fucking take your computer, do whatever you want to do, instead of actually monitoring their children. Mm. So, I think there's truth in that, but on the other side of that, there's something that uh, J. Cole said of me, said with me, said... I was that, about to say, you, you met J. Cole? <laughs> yeah, like, word? <laughs> you said, share? Like, said that crazy. resonated with me, and he said it in an interview, uh, this is a long time ago, but it was something along the lines of, like, the powers that be, whoever they may be, mm-hmm. they have a way of making sure that we're only concerned about our lives. Like, we're thinking about the day-to-day, you know, paying the bills, keeping the roof over our head or whatever. And I think that a lot of corporations take advantage of that. Uh, recently, this is in the last two or three months, I think it was in the news, Facebook was developing an Instagram for kids, but Facebook's own internal research said that this was damaging two kids while they were developing this and it became a whole thing until a whistleblower whistleblower came out and said it so for me i think that we do try to protect kids but i don't think we do enough because even when they went up to congress congress don't know anything about social media so all they can really do is sit up there and be like hey what you did was bad and that's it Mm. what are you saying I was gonna. Say, I was just gonna like agree with that, yeah. Because most of them have been around long before social media has been a thing. They're all grandparents. But that's the problem, man. Where's the diversity? Like, you need to be diverse in this day and age. So, so for me, that I think that just goes back to the uh, to <laughs> my perspective. We need to burn it all down <laughs> and start again. Start fresh. But I think we're just not as a society, equipped to deal with a lot of the problems. Like, in a, in a basic way, we are. But I think it's just only to going to get more and more out of hand. And right. I just don't think the people that we have now... Like, I think we need to start that change now. Like, the government, uh, the people in Congress, you know, make them actually representative of the people and not just somebody who... I don't know. I don't know why people do politics for whatever personal reason or whatever. The money, whatever, I don't know. But uh, it just seems to me like they're not really benefiting the people. I agree with that. And, you know, I I like whistleblowers. I think every company needs that because there are some times where you get caught up in what you're trying to build that you, you have tunnel vision and you forget about the damage that it's causing. So speaking of that, we know how, uh, well, I know, you, you listen to Market Snacks, right? Oh, I haven't listened to Marcus Snacks in a while. Me either, but I, I got to start listening to him again. But it, like, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg is known for being ruthless 
Which goes back to another point I wanted to say. You know how ruthless he is, but I feel like he wasn't able to replicate TikTok. Like, he attempted to with the whole uh, Instagram reels or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's not as digestible. It's not as it's and not a, as smooth as a delivery. And I it's, agree with that. it's weird to me because he normally does a very good job of replicating things with the whole Snapchat thing. He kind of put Snapchat out of business. Well, not out of business, but he definitely hurt them, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. They're doing good now, but if Instagram wasn't there, I feel like they would have got somewhere completely different. But this is kind of like why I feel like TikTok is a different beast because they're still thriving. I think TikTok is going to always thrive. I think it's hard to replicate something like that without getting sued. Mark Zuckerberg's whole thing was that uh can't own an idea. And that's uh kind of... You, you saw the documentary, Facebook? Mm-hmm. No, not Facebook. What, what was the name of the movie? Not documentary, but... Oh, the movie about him, how he created Facebook? Yeah, and you, well, it was insinuated that... uh. He stole the idea from the idea. Yeah. And, you know, if you can make, yeah, if you can make the idea better, it's its own new thing now. And I feel like that's just kind of what he does to the point that Market Snacks had a a verb. They call it getting zucked. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you you can't I can't really see how you can make TikTok better. Which is my point. It's a different beast. Because I, I, he wasn't able to do his magic with it. Which I think is good. My man already got so many companies. <laughs> Let TikTok live. <laughs> he wants all the social media platforms. Yo, yo, I'm, I remember people the were worried. Stones of media. <laughs> uh, governments were worried when he was trying to make the cryptocurrency, the Libra cryptocurrency. Yeah. Because they were like, he was going to put banks out of business. He was going to put uh, currencies out of business. And that's just based off the platform that he has, where it's however many million people that are automatically using it. You can bypass uh, local fees, taxes, and everything just by using his currency. To the point, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but he decided that he's not going to do it anymore. Yeah, because they probably <laughs> threw countless of billions of dollars at him. They're like, yo, you're about to ruin the world. Stop. <laughs> not ruin, I don't think he would have ruined it. He would have changed he, it. Yeah, he would have had so much power. Yeah. Like, he could just wake up one day and be like, fuck it, I'm shutting this all down. <laughs> And now there's Meta. (laughs) (laughs) And it's weird to me because he's, it's not weird, but he's very visionary. And I think it's not taken, uh, it's not appreciated enough. But I feel like when he comes to do something, he comes to like disrupt it and make it better. Yeah, I I think that's why he needs whistleblowers. (laughs) Because... (laughs) You need people that are visionary. You need people who are relentless like that. But there's just certain routes that you take that causes more harm than good. And you need a whistleblower for that. To so, be like, nah, chill. Yeah, like, you need that person to be like, you know, it's a good idea, but you wild. <laughs> you know? How about we not take over half of the world? How yeah, like, like, you do realize. <laughs> In my opinion, he's almost... He's low-key like an Elon Musk. I, I believe it. Because Elon, Elon Musk did the PayPal, and I think the average person would have stopped there. It's like, yeah, I'm already rich. Yeah, he was a billionaire. I think it was like about $2 billion he had. He was like, fuck it, I'm just going to put it into three other companies. And world's richest man now. Not most people would do that. A billion, a billion dollars? A million dollars. I, I probably wouldn't stop at a million, but... A billion? I, I mean... I think it's not the money, that's why. Yeah, it's just it's, like he's there to make a difference. 
Yeah, and it's the you fall in love with the building of something, creating something for the future. And I think that's that's why you need whistleblowers because you're so hell-bent on like, all right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, then this and this and this, and then the next generation you're going to finish this shit off. But it also makes you think about how you describe yourself where you feel like you're too competitive mm-hmm. because I don't remember if it was Mark Zuckerberg, but it was somebody they compared to like a young Bill Gates where he was extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. And he was just putting people out of business. Like, there's people on the news complaining about uh, Bill Gates when he was younger. And I think, to some degree, it's just the competition that drives them. And it's like, hey, you know, if I can outperform <laughs> everyone else. It's kind of like uh, Peaky Blinders, when they're like, why? <laughs> it's because we can. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> and that's why, that's why I get it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm somebody who... <laughs> loves the chase. I love the competition. Like, I, I love the idea, like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I can definitely see it. And it can be very, very dangerous. It, like, it, I know I need a whistleblower. It makes me think of, uh, I mentioned him, I think, in the last podcast. Uh, that podcast I listened to with, the I think, his Millionaire Mentor. I can't remember his name or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was one of the things that drove him to get his business to where he got it is that there was two people who tried to buy him out and he told them like, Hey, this is what I'm worth kind of. And they, they kind of laughed it off and he's like, all right, I got you. <laughs> and sure enough, he surpassed them. And then he said after he surpassed them, he felt like he had nothing. So I think that's where the dangerous side is. It's kind of like you get built. When you, when you reach that goal, now you you're in that stagnation period where it's like, damn, now what? Tyson Fury, for example. He became unified champ, went on two years of depression, and then uh, it took somebody talking shit about him, Deontay Wilder, for him to come out, and you see how that went. <laughs> That's because you, you just <laughs> waiting for that one person, like, oh, you going to challenge me? <laughs> I, I get it. I think in sports, it's a lot different because, like, basketball, football, every year you have to prove your worth. So you never really run out until you get out. And when you get out, you can just chase something else. I think in business, it's like once you surpass your competition, it's like, huh. But that's why I've always been a fan. Like, I'm not I'm not goal-driven. I'm progress-driven. Process? Well, process or progress? Progress. Okay. The process is just part of the progress. But, okay. like, I'm somebody who, all right, you talk shit, I'm going to compete my ass off with you. And when I pass you, my next competition is to make sure you can never pass me again unless I allow you to. So, if, but I, I can get it. Like, you know, it's like, damn, I beat you. Now what? But then you just got to find somebody else. Yeah, that, that's one of those uh, serial entrepreneurs because he just, that's what he does now. He just builds businesses. I mean, there's nothing else to do. Like, I remember, did I ever tell you how I take PT tests? Yeah. <laughs> so what, you walk in the first few minutes and then so for the run for the PT test, what I do is I pace whoever's next to me. Then I pick somebody who's in front of us and I'm like, I'm gonna pass this motherfucker. Then I get to them. Then I look for the next person and the next person until I'm in the front of the two, uh, the two mile. And then after that, I'm like, I, right, now I got to blow them out. So I try to go as fast as I can. Sheesh. Competition drives me. And I think it competition gets, I think, the world has forgotten how good competition is. Of course, competition can be deadly. Um, it's necessary. Yeah, it's necessary for it progress. 
like it goes back to the uh, capitalism conversation we had at the beginning, where you can't let things get to a point where there's so much consolidation, where where all the big players they join into one, and then there's nobody to keep anybody in check because the government's not going to do a great job. It's the competition that is kind of like, hey, you know, if they're doing this over here, how are we gonna right. make a better product? How are we gonna you know, stay relevant or whatever the case may be. Like iPhones mm-hmm. versus Androids. Yeah, I feel like Androids, they're a player. They're definitely a player, but do you really have a choice? <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's kind of like when you choose one, you're locked into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... And the, the, that's why uh, Apple's such a good company to invest in because it's so hard uh, to leave them. Because it's like once you're set up, now i got to move all this information. If you have an iPhone, you probably have the laptop. You yep. probably have whatever other products they have. But you can only use it for that ecosystem. And you create an account with some website. Mm-hmm. You create an account using your Apple ID. So it's like, damn, now i got to keep Apple. Yeah, which leads to the problem now where they make a new charger. you got to use that charger yep, now. you got to use that charger <laughs> Yeah. I think it's genius. Yeah, I, it's people good. are going to always buy. It's good for them, but it's not good for the consumer. Because now you're limiting my choice. You could charge $50 for that charger if you want to. I think and it's you'd have good no for choice everybody. But to get it. Because as a consumer, you only get it if you get it. Like, like we got coworkers who still got the iPhone 5. Mm-hmm. It's your choice to upgrade every time they come out with something new. Nah. That man still has the same chargers that he's been using for God knows how long. Means meanwhile, I got a phone that costs like a thousand dollars. But remember, uh, again, Apple—they will do what it is to get you to do to spend more money. So it's kind of like with the slowing down of the uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. although he has a five, that shit is probably slowing <laughs> down like molasses. But there's like always ways to combat that. It's just. And how often does he use it? I, what does he use it for? I think it's hard for... He doesn't do social media. I know that. I think it's hard for an individual to go against corporations, government, and which is why a lot of people have a problem with this whole COVID mass va- uh, vaccine mandates and all that. It's because it's not, it's not fair. It's like David versus Goliath. Like, what can I really do? I, I It's the competitive nature of me because I love uh, uh, matches like that. So I, I see nothing wrong with but it. David won, though. Exactly. I mean, it's always possible. I think we could, uh, nah. I, I think it's just gotten too unfair at this point. But it's also like, like that's the whole thick concept with minimalism. Is that, you know, they have so much new stuff that comes out. Yeah, the charger changed and stuff. But does it serve me a purpose? If it doesn't, I'm not going to get it. Like, the, I was going to keep my old phone. The only reason why I upgraded was because I cracked the camera lens. And... I need the camera lens. I love taking photos. I love taking videos. Otherwise, I plan on... That's why I got this fucking heavy, doofy case. Is because I plan on keeping this for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, but... So, the reason I don't like the David versus Goliath, because when you think about it... Like, in that situation, I get that personal choice comes in. But... I feel like it gets to a point... It gets so insulated that there's literally nothing you can do about it. So, for example, I think... uh, one of these companies, uh, I think Pfizer, they requested that the vaccine data, that I think they have like 50 years to release it. What am I going to do about that? That's different. That, that, that's. <laughs> but that's like, there's, there's levels to it, but I think 
see that there's a lot of abuse of power. And it doesn't seem that way because everyone's in cahoots together. Like, if there's, you know, if the vaccine is, like, safe as they say and all this other stuff, just release it now. Or even if you want to release it 10 years from now. But I don't remember the exact number. But it's, like, it was some like, hey, I'm probably going to be an old man, if not dead. Mm -hmm. And what can I really do about that? Right. That When it comes down to health, Mm -hmm. I think... That should never be David versus Goliath. Um, consumerism, that's different to me. Um, like, I, I I wholeheartedly disagree with waiting fucking 50 years for that data to be out. Let me, let me find the actual... Well, they can easily... Their, their argument would be like, you know, they need sufficient... Uh, they need sufficient time and sufficient evidence to release that data. Because no science is... Science isn't an exact science. But that's not fair to the individual person. Okay. I, sh- I should be able to make my decisions for my health based off all the data present. When you're forcing me to have a vaccine mandate or whatever, and then you're not even giving me the information on top of it for me to get potentially upset enough to say, like, hey, no matter what the consequences, I'm not going to do it, mm-hmm. then but, I, I think that's a little different. But yeah. that's that that's one situation because they what if they don't have information on it? They got information. They're on just it. playing the long game because they, when it first happened, they knew just as much about it. They probably knew a little more about it than we did, and they're prob- most likely div- not divulging everything, right? But this new variant that just came out, right? For example, let's just say they, when it first came out, at the time they knew as much as we knew about it. They can't really hit us with the "I don't know." So they have to find a way to play the long game. Like, yo, listen, until we get more information, I'm going to need you to hold off until 50 years. I'm not defending them, but I'm I'm looking at it from their perspective. I, I disagree. I think there's no harm in saying I don't know. Hey, fucking men. That's, <laughs> that's, only, that's only for us, but for most people, that's not good enough. No, like... It, this, that's another thing that I got from the army. It's okay to not know, but it's I don't know, but I will find out. Exactly. So and that's it. But that will find out is like okay, you'll find out when. Like now, well, it does not take fifty years though. <laughs> it's the so it's fifty five years that they want to process the data over yeah. or whatever. That's but why. I think that's that, when uh, people start collecting retirement. <laughs> it's like there's. Like, are you even going to be upset at that point anymore? Do you know how old? 55 <laughs> years? I'll be 80. I'll be 85. Sheesh. And then by then, it's like COVID. Oh. It's either I won't be alive or I'm going to be too old to give a fuck what the consequences are because I made it to 85. Mm-hmm. So like, I I, fi- I agree with you. Like, I feel like that's data that should, even if it's like just, okay, this is what's happened a year after taking the COVID vaccine. Put that out so people have the option. It's like, okay, based off of the, all the information that I know, do I feel comfortable taking this vaccine? But they're not going to do that. That's Be- the problem. Yeah, because big pharma, I big think, money. I think I can agree with kind of where you were going with it, that people, like even if they release the data or whatever, even if they say whatever, uh, you know, there's no negative side effects. You as the individual should take that with a grain of salt. Because science is always changing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this year there might not be any problems. The next year there might be. But 
as long as you in good faith gave me all the information to make the decision, mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. Okay. Yes. I, I agree with that. When it comes down to your health, the most more information is the better. But the fear tactic is what they usually they go off of. They go for the fear tactic because not knowing is a lot. The unknown is a lot scarier than the known. People make the most money and lose the most money when people are in fear. True. And right now, because of this pandemic, these pharmaceutical companies are making a lot more money than they're losing. A lot more. To the point where they can say, hey, I don't want to release this data until all the people that this is relevant to are either dead and gone or old. And yeah, even, even with the 55, I think the 55 years... I think we looked at it the perspective as me as the individual, but going off what you're saying now, even like how do we hold anyone accountable now? Exactly. Five years, odds are they're dead. Exactly. You know, if, if you're the CEO of Pfizer, you're probably like 50, 60 already. And then you could do plausible you deniability. You could be like, yo, that was my predecessor, you know, that made that, and I just didn't see the need to change it. Cool. That's part of the problem I have with presidents being so old. Because yeah. they can do whatever. 10, 15 years, probably going to be dead anyway. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really held accountable anymore. Like, even with uh, Purdue, mm-hmm. uh, the company with OxyContin, all of them, instead of going to jail, because they made billions, instead of going to jail for all the people they've killed, all the lives they ruined, they just moved out the country. And, of course, they had to pay billions of dollars in settlements, but they're still rich as fuck. Yeah, I, th- I think some of these uh, settlements or fines or whatever, they're fucking jokes. Like, uh, a lot of the time when you compare, especially for these major corporations, it's kind of like, they it's so small that they consider it just to be the cost of doing business. And, I don't know, I think that we live in a very corrupt society. It's just, again, going back to the J. Cole thing, it's like we're so busy with our day-to-day lives, it's hard to hold anybody accountable. You know what makes no sense to me? And this is going to sound insensitive, but I don't care. It's like when you think about Jerry Epstein and Bill Cosby, <laughs> like they, they inappropriately did things with women, and I think Jerry Epstein also men, but whatever. That's not the point. I think him was, it was underage. It was the thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and yeah. the world wanted them to lose everything. But you got companies who are killing people, ruining people's lives forever. But it's like, okay, we're cool with you just paying the fine. But I, I think that's That's where, the media's fault. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because even now, with the whole, uh, the girl that did the stuff with Jeffrey Epstein, mm-hmm. uh, she... Maxwell or whatever? Maxwell. Mac- Gliss- 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 Glistening. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't really looked into it, but apparently, like, this is, like, getting, like, no news coverage. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I haven't heard anything about I've it. I've seen it. Well, I haven't seen it on the news, but I've seen it like I heard on, it like, social media. Like, once, like, last week, I heard it once. And she then going to jail. That was no, it. She, she's in jail already, but. Well, I mean, like, was she going to be found guilty, guilty? But from what I understand, uh, and this is pure what's on social media and whatever, it seems to me that she knows a lot about powerful people. And that is the reason for the silence from the media, one. And then apparently 
there was some information that, for whatever reason, it should have been made public. But I guess because the nature of the case, they're like, oh, it can't be public. Or something of that nature. And again, this is pure just stuff I briefly looked at on, on social media. But I don't know. I think media is really a problem in this country. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, it's not, it's not real media. It's not for the people. And that's the way it should be. It's kind of like, hey, you know, whatever is not going to hurt us in the long run is what we're going to do. And it's kind of like, you know, that. if you have the, like, that's the point of media. You're supposed to go against powerful people mm-hmm. for the benefit of the people. And I don't really see that. I feel like we haven't had that in a long time. But you know what? Think about who owns these companies. Mm-hmm. They're part of the powerful people circle. True. It's like, for example, you're, you own CNN, I own and New York One, and you own a pharmaceutical company. And, you know, you, we, we're just chilling and you're telling us about this new drug you're developing. You don't go into details, but like, yo, we got you. We put that on the news. Yeah, just, just say the word. And this is over drinks. <laughs> and then let's say it turns out that we find out that your drug is fucked up. We'll talk to you on the side about it. But then it was like, yeah, we got to protect that company. Let's just let's just not talk about it. You know, let's just let's focus on something else. You know, oh, there's a pandemic going on. All right. COVID cases have been skyrocketing. A pick has been kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> they they were still talking about those two people that uh those two teenage have y'all seen it those two teenagers that took the Long Island Railroad to the city and disappeared. Oh, I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. Uh-oh. To be honest with you, I try not to watch the news. I don't need that negativity in my life. I just I feel like there's no benefit. I think back in the day you used to have where corruption and like just fucked up shit came out because of the news, and I feel like you don't see that you. At this point, I feel like whenever something is reported in the news, it's after the fact. Like, the damage has been done, mm-hmm. and, you know, the cops did their job and whatever. And I think it's also on the news to uncover this stuff, not report on it after the fact. Yeah, so there's no real, like, like there's no real, like... No more real Lois Lanes out there. Yeah, like investigative yeah, reporters. Yeah, inve- investigative reporters and ju- like journalists and stuff like that. It's just, you know, it's it's a so it's the social media news is like social media right now. They just, I think they should uh, uh this is burn it down. No, huh? not even burn it down. I think this is where uh, you know, one of the positives of society comes in, I think, that uh, freelancing, I feel like there should be some type of power in that. And it's like, hey, you know, if I can uncover something, like, I should pay you for your story. Mm. But, uh, you know, obviously, you need, like, the network that's willing to release the story. And they're probably not going to take that risk. Yeah. This reminds me of what uh, we said before we started the podcast, is uh, the world has, the world is going into the era of just entertainment, where it's not necessarily what's true. It's not necessarily about skill. Mm-hmm. It's about what entertains you. So if this is going to keep the views up, this is what we're going to play. This is entertaining. This is what's popping. Like um, on the news, they show TikTok stuff. You know, you wouldn't expect that to be on the news. Right. You know, but it's entertaining. So people watch it. It's, it's the life that we live in. But you know... This is how every generation feels. 
I'm pretty sure the generation before us was like, yo, these motherfuckers. With their internet. They don't understand what it's like to work hard. They're going to be failures because they don't want to work in the same fucking factory that I worked 30 years for. And now, you know, we're looking at the next generation like, y'all motherfuckers are soft. Like, I, I mean, doing I like fake school shootings and stuff for attention. And it's weird. I, I don't I don't understand the intergenerational hate. I think uh, every generation has something you can appreciate about them. You know, to be honest, I love the new generation. I think all of these companies and stuff that we have an issue with is not the new generation. All of these pharmaceutical company CEOs, they're not the new generation. All these news network owners, they're not the new generation. I think the new generation is going to be more focused on the truth and stuff like that. So, I mean, I probably, I don't know if I'll be alive. My goal is to live to 609, you know, but still look and feel this way. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm, I'm hopeful for it. I was listening to a podcast and um, they, you know how a lot of people don't like when the newer generation kind of surpasses them or one-ups them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard the quote that I really liked. Um, it was this guy and they were like, yo, you don't, are you not upset that the new, this younger kid is your competition? He's possibly going to pass you. And he's like, no, I should look forward to that. Because that's the future. That's the new generation. Why would I not want the next generation to be better than me? He's like, that's how we progress as a society. It's not just about me. It's about the world. And that's fucking beautiful. Yeah, I think that's uh, as a civilization, as a people, whatever. That is our biggest strength is that we can build off those who came before us. Mm -hmm. I feel like in the long run, you know, my day to day doesn't matter. You know, the person before me's day to day doesn't matter. As long as we're progressing towards the future, yes, that's all that matters. Imagine if some stubborn person didn't want to teach a younger person how to start a fire. (laughs) (laughs) Where the fuck would we be if that was the mindset we had? (laughs) I was like, nah, you go figure that shit out. Because, you know, he made a better fire than me. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's like... It's burning brighter. Fuck. So I, I love seeing stuff like that. Like, I love how the new generation are taller than us. They're uh, smarter than us, faster than us. They're more uh, technologically savvy than us. I look forward to see what the future holds. My 609 years old. Someone needs to invent, like, teleportation already, you know, from one point to another. I don't think that'd be good. That won't be good. Well, it depends depends how monetized it was. Like, if there was a huge cost for using it, then I could support it. But I feel like if you could go wherever you want, whenever you want, I think that's a problem. Yeah. People would have a problem if it was a huge cost to use in it as well. Because the mega peop- rich people who we all think is corrupt would be the one using it. Not money necessarily. But I shouldn't be able to sit in my house and be like, hey, I'm going here. Like, I feel like when I get there, there should be a cost or... I should have to go to a place to go where I want to or whatever. Like they replace airports with it. Like you go with the screening, the process, and you pay for a ticket, and you just teleport there. I think it should shave off time of your life. What? It's the ultimate sacrifice. Shave off time? Well, For your teleportation? Imagine if every time you teleport, it shaves off a year of your life. 
How often would you teleport? Oh, only if it's a necessity. Okay, right? so so not a year. Yeah, like more a year. so <laughs> like yeah, that's crazy. How's that fucking excessive? Because that's what if you only had one year to live? <laughs> that's that's the risk that you take. <laughs> more like let's see, let's say it shaves off the time it would take you to get there by the most conventional means, like as the crow flies. Because, you know, crows fly in a straight direction, which is why, you know, they say like, hey, it's 200 miles due west as the crow flies. So let's say they use that as a reference point. Yo, you be knowing some random shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where I heard that from. Oh, I was in an aviation high school. Um, Yeah, so let's say that it takes... As the crow flies, it takes them like, I don't know, a day or two days to get from here to Europe. So now you teleport and now a day or two, you've lost a day or two days worth of time. I mean, for me, it doesn't have to be a man-made cause. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh, nah, we just don't want y'all motherfuckers traveling. <laughs> no, but think about it. What would be the purpose to use teleportation like that. Now I get it if Reduce it was time. From, no, but like I get it. It's it's unnecessary, unless it's like you're teleporting from here to fucking Mars or something like that. No, nah, I disagree. I think uh, traffic is a problem. Yes, there's gonna be traffic with teleportation. Next thing you know, you're in a you're in a queue. You gotta wait thirty minutes now because oh fuck, all these people on teleportation the fuck, Mondays. The fucking bandwidth. Yeah, you know, or oh my gosh, imagine if like. You lose internet connection mid teleportation. <laughs> you're stu- now you're gonna be you're stuck in the metaverse. <laughs> you got zucked. <laughs> I, I I like the idea of a high cost, high reward. Mm-hmm. So I like to sh- I like to shave it off of a year. Jesus, because you would only shave off a year of your life if it was extremely extremely important. Well, technically, it would be two years because you'd have to get back. <laughs> no, you don't have to get back. I mean, you, don't, you don't have to teleport I mean, you don't, yeah, you don't have, have to teleport to get back. But, like, all right, so, I mean, think about it. Like, this family's going on vacation. That that baby was just bored. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, could you imagine if you could use the year from someone else's life? <laughs> Yo, that, that reminds me of that, that movie with fucking Justin Timberlake uh, when time... Was their lifespan, and they could give and take it. Uh, I vaguely remember that movie. D- yo, and yeah, it, and like some that. some random guy, some hacker gave him like a hundred and something fucking years. I remember that. And yeah, he was like, I can't remember that. When I, if I remember it, I'll let y'all know. But I loved that movie because of its concept. Because he literally like, like as soon as you hit twenty one, you have a twenty four hour timer. And when that timer is up, you die. So in order for you to get, in order for you to increase your timer, you have to work. But the system is set up where you'll never, your time will always be, you'll never make as much time as you work. So you're eventually going to die. And that's how they keep the lower class in the lower class. That sounds like (laughs) what we're going through today just with money. So I love these... uh what do you call it? What is that type of show that uh, South Parkers? 
uh, satire. Yeah, I love those type of where it draws the inspiration from day to day. Like, yes. Even like, uh, I don't know if it was obvious, but Squid Games was kind of like that as well. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. Very much so. And it was very intentional. Even like the way they mindlessly walk to the games, they stroll there. That's kind of like how we go to work. It's kind of like, oh, shit, I got to do this again, kind of. But it, there was just so much detail in it. But sorry, continue what you were saying. What was I saying? That you were pretty much saying that you like the idea of shaving off a year of your life to tell the story. No, but I, I agree with that. Um, I think that that movie is based off of yes. uh, um, shit. real life now. Because, because there was the incredibly rich that was like, he was like, he looked like he could at least be 30 years old. But he was a great grandfather. And because he had so much time, like just imagine money being replaced with time. He had so much time that his grand, like his daughter, his daughter looked the same as him. His, it, his granddaughter looked the same as him. That makes you think of uh, Altered Carbon. Yes. But, but like, it, like time-wise, and now this guy that's just basically like from a lower class just got hit with like a hundred years worth of time. That's the old And now currency. he used, because in order to go to a different district, you need to use your time. So like one district would be like, like 10 hours, boom. And then the next district would be like 10 months. And then the next district would be 10 years. So a lower class person wouldn't be able to make it into the higher class district. I disagree. I think, uh, I think capitalism gets a bad rap and that, that you can clearly see the, uh, the effects it's have on cinema. Not the effects, but the inspiration of oh, that shit. movie from capitalism. And I think uh, that's part of value of capitalism is where you take that risk to make the reward. And it's kind of like, hey, you know, if it's 10 days, you know, I go, I pay my 10 days, odds are I'm going to make my 10 days very easily. Low risk, low reward. But it keeps escalating. Next one is 10 months. Odds are enough time there you can make up to, to earn that 10 months. But remember, your time is everything. So, like, a lower class person, let's say, like, they start off with 24 hours. As soon as they hit 21, they get a job. They work 10 hours of that job, but they only get paid for five of it. That's how they keep them. That's how they keep them that's, lower class. That's exactly what we're doing today. That's just tax. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that's where it's on you to. Uh, it's on you to. The day and age we live in to hustle. I'm sh you, you can have your job, but there's other ways to make more time. Yeah, and that's that's what they most of them did. They tried to hustle. They tried to work multiple jobs to get multiple amount of time, you know, added to their clock. You know, they tried, like, there's a lot of drug dealing. There's a lot of, like, scamming. There's a lot of stuff. Like, they work multiple jobs to get that. So if they go into, not to mention, the social um, criticism from being, you know, the class system pretty much from being in a lower class. It's a lot more heavily than it is now. Like if you're in a lower class, you can tell someone is in a class lower than you. So like you can look at the amount of time they have and you can be like, Oh, you know, that person, yeah, that person has like, yeah, pretty much like that person only has like three months and I have 
you know, 10 years. So why would I want to affiliate myself with someone that's about to die in three months? So uh, this whole hypothetical, it's making me think of uh, recently Elon Musk and Elizabeth Warren got on a, got into it on Twitter. where uh, And it's weird. He's been just going after people lately, Elon Musk. And I don't like it because I think uh, it's like you're punching down. Like you're I mean, he's the richest man in the world. How can you punch up? Yeah, you can't really punch <laughs> up or punch across because, yeah, you know. I, I think he just needs to stay silent, honestly. But granted, in this, it's, I have mixed feelings because he said something, but then when he responded, he, it was like, okay, I can see your point, though. But uh, she's, she made a comment about taxing the rich, and he was like, fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. But then he also said, uh, he didn't say fuck out of here, but that's that's the way I took it. But uh, he also said something along the lines of, you know, I pay more taxes than anyone in the history of, like, I don't know, I don't remember if it was America or whatever, but that was one aspect of it. But then on top of it, he was like, and y'all spend that money, like, yearly, essentially, is what he's saying. So he, essentially he's saying, like, y'all are wasting the money that I'm giving y'all. I agree with that. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like there's some abuse by the super rich. But at the same time, he's right. Yeah. So, But again, you know, two, two wrongs don't make a right. I think people will always want to regulate the super rich. But people don't realize what it takes to be part of the super rich. And I also think that's just another excuse for you not putting in the work. Like, I believe that they should pay their fair share of taxes, but that don't mean you pay an, a, a, a huge amount of money in taxes because you make a shit ton of money. Like, a lot of people think that the, rich, the super rich should divide their wealth. They should pay this. If we had more money and tax money, we just waste that money anyway. I, I think it should be more targeted. Uh, as, like, I think a certain net worth shouldn't get you that extra scrutiny. I think what you do with your net worth should uh, get you extra scrutiny. So, for instance, I think uh, Elon Musk is an example. Everything he's doing is contributing to, like, the advancement of civilization. Like, he's in uh, clean energy. He's in SpaceX. I feel, mm -hmm. I feel like we've had this conversation before. I don't know if it was on the podcast or whatever. Mm -hmm. But everything is going to benefit society. And I think for that reason, that's... That's his tax right there. He made his contribution to uh, society. So here's my question. Name one person who's part of the super rich who doesn't contribute to society like that. Uh, there are people. I, I couldn't tell you by names, but they tend to stay under the radar. But people like Elon Musk, they get the flack because he's literally, I think right now he's number one or two, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I, don't, I think he gets that flack undeservedly because of what he's doing. But there are people who just, uh, yeah. just take advantage of people. Yeah, like they don't have anyone else but him to target, so they are targeting him. Not that they don't have anyone else, but he he just has the name recognition. It's like Elon Musk, first or second richest person. Let's go after him. Yeah, like and then the average person being uneducated or not uneducated, unaware, unaware. Yes, and not thinking about it at like a deeper level. Mm -hmm. 
they're just like, oh, yeah. Like, why should he have so much money? Unaware is uneducated. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it that. Oh, fair, fuck fair being enough. politically like, correct. Like, <laughs> like a Rothschild, Rothschild, or whatever it is. Yeah, like. You know what? I agree. The Rothschilds. Like, because I agree in the sense that uh, when, I was, when I said uneducated, I meant it in like a person who's never been to school or whatever. But there's different ways to be uneducated. And I guess unaware is also a form of uned- not being educated. Mm-hmm. So I, I see your point. But uh, yeah, there's, there's a guy who I, I'd have to look it up, but essentially he made his billions by like taking advantage of people. And that's his whole thing. And it's kind of like, hey, you know, you're in a sense a uh, cancer to society. I think he did like payday loans or whatever. I'm going to look it up. Uh, people like that, okay. I, I feel like people who scam their way to the top or take advantage of people, it's not necessarily they should be. I, I don't even think taxing them is the right answer. I think they should be used as an example that you shouldn't take advantage of other people or cheat the system to get there because then that creates an environment where a lot of people feel like they can do it as well. I feel like they should be held accountable where it's like, Hey, you've done this. So your punishment is we're going to take 90% of your wealth or, and donate it to the less fortunate. My, my, when I, when I bring him up, I think it's more in the sense that we just lump it all together when it's not all equal one. And then two, I think, uh, even if he was in a neutral place, he didn't hurt anyone to make his billions or whatever, but he's not like an Elon Musk where he's benefiting. I think you have a greater responsibility as the super rich to contribute to society. And that's because if it all went to shit, you lose the most. Yeah. I think that's one of the uh, things, like people like to argue the whole self-made and all that. Nobody's self-made. Everybody has benefited from the people that came before them. You know, if we didn't have this whole system of police and courts and whatever the case may be, who would protect your money? Who would have even allowed you to get your money? I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. People people always want to target the super rich. People always think that they should give more, they should contribute more. And regardless of what they did to get there, chances are they provide value for the economy. They, those are the people who have employees. Um, Those are the people who, I don't know, I just think that the world is always hell-bent on getting people who have more than them as far as money's concerned to suspend more. So to me, I think this goes back to what I was saying before. I think it's it's very nuanced, and I, I agree with you. There is that side of it, but I think it's case by case because you always have like worker. I don't know what you call it sentiment, and the U.S. has been on the decline for like fifty years. So even if you're providing, you're providing value in the sense that you're creating revenue, you're paying some taxes, you're paying employees, you're helping it to circulate. But somebody needs to gauge whether I don't know how you do that either, but whether the value providing is outweighing the cost that you're making in the sense that nine times, 
in America, we have a problem with not employment. We have a problem with underemployment, where you have a job. Are you making enough to live your life? So are you are you saying that you, we should tax people based on what they contribute to society? I think 100%. I don't know. The problem is how do you determine that? And I get that's a very... It's like a carbon footprint. Like you basically... In like, a sense, yes. Yeah. Yeah, like you basically like, hey, you contribute this so you don't have to do this. Yeah, I think like, the yeah. problem is I think that... Uh, with, with that approach is that it's like a, it's probably like a 50, 25, 25, where I think the two 25s is people clearly, you're contributing something. The other 25 is clearly you're not contributing something. And then the 50 is just kind of like a gray area. It's like, it's hard to tell. And I think the hard to tell is where I can see that it's not really a feasible solution. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I just think we can't treat everybody the same either, though. True. There has to be a measurement to say, a measurement of someone's value towards society. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to come up with that measurement, but yeah. Like, and then it's, it's a very loaded thing because, like, again, like, who am I to determine what someone's value is to society? True. Who is anyone else to do that? So, I, I don't know. It's just something I've thought about. I'm just like spitballing here. I, I will also say that I'm very uh, pessimistic. So I always believe the worst in everything and everyone. I feel like I left this on a depressing note. Perfect. That's <laughs> how it should be. We can end the podcast uh, here. Nah, Daryl, you got to tell a joke. Make it happy. <laughs> uh, oh. A guy walks into a bar <laughs> and says, ow. <laughs> Why did he say ow? Because he walked into a bar. Ah. Uh. Uh, <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> I completely missed that. <laughs> Any uh, closing remarks before we end the podcast? Stay single. What about you? Pursue pursue your goals and don't stay within your don't stay within your lane. I got something else. So, uh, stop with these these challenges. One and stop making uh not necessarily stupid people, stupid and untalented people famous. You know to piggyback off of that. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, stop making these stupid challenges. If you want a challenge, challenge yourself to be better today than you were yesterday, and you'll need to post that. Well, I mean that would be a good challenge to TikTok. It's like prove that you were better today than you were yesterday. I could see that being stupid. Yeah, that would be a problem. Yeah. I feel like I'd be very stupid. Yeah, because they'd be like, ah, oh, yesterday I woke up at six o'clock. <laughs> today I woke up at five fifty nine. Yeah, I could see it. I, I could see it get out of control. Um, so you know what my closing remark um, is you don't have to be the biggest you don't have to be the fastest and you don't have to be the strongest but if you want to succeed you have to be the most fucking relentless that's how you hit your goals that's how you become part of the one percenters or I guess the 20 percenters well I mean it's not called 80-20 anymore Uh, I'll leave it there one time for the one time (laughs) (laughs) so uh, happy 80-20 Happy Hakuna Matata. Happy Levicity. Fuck being average. Speak to you all soon. Shorty so bad she want numbers. Hop in the summer. If you can't fuck, I can't love you. If you don't talk, I can trust you. Keep it a hundred. I used to stress out my mama. Living up, I was my comfort. Now she retired in Tennessee. I got the back, but I'm stiff on the 90s. I might just pull up in a Hummer. Oof.